Mighty Mikey, Tene Hotaka, welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Donald J. Trump has launched his White House bid today. My fellow citizens, America's comeback starts right now. Donald Trump for US President 2024. We'll bring you the latest. We're not out of the COVID woods yet, says the Deputy Director General of Public Health. COVID cases over summer could peak at 11,100 hospital admissions a day, that just after four. And up to a quarter of residential property listings will sell at a loss. That's a prediction that on the panel. And plans for New Zealand's first offshore wind farm has been revealed. Wind turbines offshore, some about the height of, get this, the Sky Tower, taller than the Eiffel Tower. That's a whole lot of wind turbine. Are you on board with it? And um, this afternoon, I've just got a personal question for you. I've just been made an uh, instant coffee. Well done. But is instant coffee, I mean, do you drink it? Is it coffee? Why do you drink it? I'd like to know. Text me, 2101. Email the panel at rnz. .co.nz. With me this afternoon, Steve McCabe, lecturer at MIT. Steve, good afternoon. Kia ora, Wallace. Thanks for having me here. How long's it been? But since I'm in the studio, a couple of years, I I've think. Been, I've, the last time I've seen you is two and a half years. Yeah, Isn't that amazing? There's been a bit of a pandemic, apparently. Has there? So, so I gather, yes. We've got something on that after four. We should talk I'll about find, it more, yes. I'll find out. With me, uh, George Vistiliano is a uh, director of BRG who specialises in government relations and communications, and I understand is hiding from a concrete wheel, uh, concrete truck just as we speak. Am I right, Georgie? Yes, I am coming to you from my car. I've tried yeah. to find the quietest street in my in my suburb, but yeah, one of those days. Good to have you on. So Steve and Georgie with me this afternoon. Now, you can only make playgrounds so safe, but risky playgrounds could actually help children's development. One New Zealand playground designer is stirring things up across the ditch. Big rough boulders on skateboards, on dollies, slides propped up by rocks. This playground, take a look. It looks extremely dangerous. It's hit world headlines. With us is New Zealand engineer Mike Hewson, who's the designer of Melbourne's new playground, Rocks on Wheels. Mike, kia ora. Good to have you on. Sure, yeah, thanks for having me. Whoa, it sounds like you're, it sounds like you're out there fishing. I, yeah, I actually got invited to out on the water with Nati Papua, so we're out on the Gulf. So oh, just, <laughs> you uh, are fishing. Little, yeah, I actually am fishing, yeah. I got invited out to fish a little trip, so my sincere apologies. If it's, uh, they told me there would be a reception, so. No, you, I can hear you. So you're, so you're out there fishing, Mike, back to your playground. I'm looking at the picture. It's an art come playground. Uh, the first thing I thought was, this is dangerous. Yeah, well, like, I guess, you know, for, for any, anyone listening who hasn't got an image, uh, large bluestone boulders would basically just rolled them in on these what look like domestic scale trolleys. So it looks like effectively rocks are sort of floating into this courtyard. Um, it looks incredibly like haphazard and, and thrown together. Um, but I guess, you know, the idea in this thing is like children, children need adventure. Um, and, and sometimes having the image of that or like the, the feeling of that adventure in the middle of a, a very um, dense city amongst the towers, so that's what City of Melbourne invited me to, to sort of put forward. 
It's a huge honour to be part of the project, I'd imagine, and it is. There's an artistic element to this, but you know, look, um, my, my five-year-old, he'd see this playground, uh, Georgie, and go, "Let me on it as soon as possible." Uh, I wouldn't want him to go on it, but my little boy, he would just die to get on this playground. Yeah, um, really yeah well, I mean, oh, Georgie first, Mike, and then back to you. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. No, it's it's um, I'm I'm totally backing you up here, Mike. But basically, I I read a, a book when I was um pregnant with my first son, and it was about the the, the developmental um need for children to take risk and how they've actually linked taking risk risks as a child with people becoming less risky adults so it's actually got a hugely important educational developmental angle to it as well isn't that right mike yeah absolutely yeah i mean it's 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 important that we provide these spaces for for children and also the great thing about these projects is that they're effectively endorsed by local government which actually helps parents know that you know, because a lot of people are self-conscious around allowing their children to experience risk. And when a local government commissions a project like this, it actively tries to articulate the importance of experiencing risk in a controlled environment, you know, as being a really healthy developmental thing. Um, it's quite an exciting... It feels fairly new and quite surprising for people. So um, I think that's why there's been such a strong response to this project. Yeah, Steve, what do you think? It's certainly captured attention. It's not the it's not the playgrounds you see today, that's for sure. Certainly not, no. I mean, I, I, I think the word controlled is what's getting me in here. How controlled is the risk? I mean, are we, are we saying that, that children aren't going to, like, fall off and hit these boulders and possibly break <laughs> the odd arm? And, and is that the way we want children to learn about risk? Well, sorry, Johnny, you know, you, you, you had to learn the hard way, and it's a shame you've broken your leg in three places, but them's the breaks, mate. It's a bit rough, isn't it? I would, I would, I would um, say something in that my playgrounds are slightly sneaky in that they're, because they're artworks, um, there's a little bit of a sleight of hand. So the floor is actually a bluestone rubber. That's kind of what I call bouncy bluestone. Yep. Um, and so, so if you're going to go around and look at any part of the project, so I, go, I work very closely with um, uh, playground auditors, actually the best ones in the country that are on the Australian Standards Committee, and we go around and, and plan this. And I'm actually, I'm over in Auckland because I'm, I'm showing the prototype uh, City of Melbourne paving or a bouncy bluestone effectively at the at the um, Atero Art Fair at the Cloud. So um, yeah, there's a kind of a tricky tricky thing in, in what I'm doing is I'm trying to present this idea of of danger and there is some real risk. But yes, a lot of it's carefully planned out. It took me four years to plan this, and it's it's sort of. It looks haphazardly thrown together, but unfortunately, it yeah. takes a huge amount of planning to sort of create the sense of uh, movement and part of. No, um, no, I appreciate yeah, that, Mike. I'm looking at it, and I can see the artistic presence in it too. You know, you these massive bowls suspended very daintily on these dollies. It's, it's actually quite a. Uh, I can see the art aspect to it. Are you surprised at the reaction? Because there's nothing like a playground as a bit of a cultural hotspot these days, isn't it? Because it re- people recall the times, like me, when I used to play on the jungle gym, <laughs> um, and if you fell. You fell on hard concrete. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm trying to um, bring it back, you know. There's, there's a lot of nostalgia floating around around, uh, you know, the kind of freedom that people were allowed to have as, as children in previous generations. And and I feel like there is a sense of, like, you know, there's a lot of excitement. I get a, a huge amount of, like, people track me down on the on the internet and send me messages just saying, thank you so much for going to, going to bat for us. 
because these are the these are the kinds of spaces that we want for our children because they embody the values that we want that they are in fact able to navigate this like you know this, this challenging world and when we we you know we encourage them to kind of learn about it but there was an interesting article, oddly enough, in The Guardian yesterday talking about a related concept. They called it binmanism. The idea that look, the life was better. Well, we still like, you know, the bins being emptied by proper bin men. And life was better back then. And life was good. And, and it was sort of summed up by the phrase, it was better because it was worse. And just because that's how we used to do it doesn't always necessarily mean it's better. So I'm wondering if these, if this is art, does that mean that you'll come and draw a picture of it in someone's cast after they break their arm? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, it's... Um, Steve's not a fan, Mike. <laughs> Did that come through? <laughs> Steve's not a fan, Mike. Yeah, sorry, say one more time. Don't worry about it. We're running out of time. All I want to say, Mike, is well done. Keep up the great work, and um, thanks for provoking all these responses. Kia ora. Oh, Thank you for having me. That's uh, engineer Mike Hughes and the designer of Melbourne's new playground Rocks on Wheels. Um, come on, Steve, don't be such a hater. You would have you would have grown up in the middle of where were you, where you from again? Manchester. Yeah, there you go. Aye. You would have. What do you mean uh, there you go? <laughs> what point do you think you're making there exactly? <laughs> it's all bricks and concrete, isn't it? Uh, there are be kind. There are bricks and concrete. Yes. Including on the playgrounds. Uh, well, to tell you the truth, it's such a long time since I was on a playground last year in Manchester. I'd, I'd have to take your word for it, mate. <laughs> We're going back a long time there. Very good. Now, by the way, uh, well, gosh, um, uh, big response regarding instant coffee. Never drink instant, says Marco and Gisborne. Wouldn't even call it coffee. But someone says, I love instant coffee and I drink it every morning. It's just another form of coffee. Well, my question is, is it? Two one zero one. Time for I've been thinking, Giorgio Stiliano. What's been on your mind? What's your IBT today? Well, I have been thinking about the government and how the government communicates to to us. It's it's people. It's it's electorate. And whether at the moment some of the comms we're seeing out of the Beehive is uh, symptomatic of a government that's frankly under pressure. Um, it's not a pleasant time to be in government, no matter which uh, stripe background you, you are from. But the Beehive issued 11 media releases yesterday. That is pretty phenomenal for any day. And not only were these announcements small fry things, we were talking about new sovereign green bonds. Um, there were a host of media releases around the replacement RMA. There was increases around funding to our global um, climate change adaptation initiatives. Stuart Nash put out a media release on tourism numbers bouncing back. There were travel announcements. I, I couldn't believe the, the volume of, of announcements. And not only does it mean that individual announcements probably aren't getting the coverage they actually deserve, there's simply not enough journalists to go around um, to keep up with the, the volume of news that the government is generating, but it smacks of lack of a plan and communication is so vital and I think there's no denying the government is doing a lot but it's really getting lost and I think a lot of us from the outside are feeling like it looks a bit messy so that's what I've been thinking about. So you think we're being swamped, calm down on the announcements indeed. Yeah right. I mean if you, totally, totally. Very good Georgie, thank you. Uh, 
Steve McCabe, I've been thinking. Well, I've been thinking about um, my, my comrades in the tertiary education union. I think about them a lot because they're good people. Uh, and in particular, my comrades at the universities, because they've been working seriously. The last couple of years, they've been working like nobody's business. During um, a raging pandemic, they've been keeping the doors open at the universities. And now, all they're asking in return is a pay settlement that keeps up with inflation. That's not a lot to ask, especially with com- inflation where it is. And they've been refused this. They've been getting offered things like 3%, which sees their pay going backwards. And they've been refused this by their employers, the vice-chancellors. And I'll give you an example of one of them. The, uh, the vice-chancellor of Massey University, Jan Thomas. 2020, she was on 562000 a year. The following year, she took a voluntary reduction taken by the chief executive in recognition that pay restraint was appropriate. She went down to the low, low salary of 495000 But don't worry, she's back up over the half mil again. She's now on 586000 a year. That's a 9.8% rise on her average salary for the last two years and she's offering them three percent which doesn't keep up with inflation so what frustrates me here is that academics they're striking they do the core business of the university you know they're not just professors who sit in wing back armchairs smoking the pipes and right. doodling over philosophy <laughs> they do things like you know they train the nurses who've been on the front lines for the past two years of the pandemic they, they develop cancer drugs and many of them they do highly precarious work which is basically only one grant expiry away from unemployment so me and my colleagues at Tehautu Kaurangi, we are demanding fair pay. You know, like the vice chancellors get that kind of fair pay. What have you been offered? Uh, I'm not at a university. Four percent. Most of the universities are getting offered between three and four percent against a CPI of seven or eight, which is an effective pay cut. That's, that's it's, how, it's something though in these times, though, isn't it? It's something in these times. Yes, but yeah, the something is it's yeah. a pay cut when their employers are seeing their salaries right. go up, and they're the ones who are doing the work. It's an insult. Mm. It's no, and, and also. To, just, to, just to be up to date, the secondary and primary teachers have been offered something similar today, and it's an insult. Right. Steve McKay with Georgie Stiliano with me this afternoon. We talk COVID. We also took uh, talk President Trump, well, Pres- Donald Trump. Ex-president. He wants to be the president, doesn't he? Yeah, we're talking about that this afternoon as well.